everybody. Welcome back to Play Games, Lose Friends. This is episode 15. It is Wednesday, July 13th, 2022. I'm Ryan with Ken. We're back after a month-long plus hiatus. Has it really to, been that long? God, we're so it's, bad. It's, uh, yeah. Well, well, <laughs> well we, have, we have our excuses this time. We do have valid. I got my... My entire family came down with COVID, so that was a lot of fun. Uh, I was out for like a week and a half. I think I missed, what, like a few days of work, so that that sucked. And uh, it was not very fun, but luckily the whole family got better right before we went on a, uh, a vacation. So I was gone from human interaction for basically two weeks, which was kind of awful and kind of nice all in the same breath. So Double-edged sword. We're back. Broadsword. Yeah, we're back. <laughs> no, no more broadsword. No more COVID, hopefully. Uh, that really sucks. So if anybody else out there has got it, uh, we feel you. And hopefully you don't get it because, uh, you know, COVID and all. I don't know. I, I might have been patient zero for all I know. So <laughs> I think my, my wife definitely had it in 2019. Like we're, we're convinced, even though they weren't testing for it, we were like convinced that she had it back then. So, yeah, not fun. But anyway, we're back and we've got a lot to talk about. We have played – in innumerable number of games, oh, lots since of games. We were last together. We have bought and backed a whole bunch of stuff. There's a lot to cover, and we're gonna review Meadow tonight. Uh, one of actually both of our probably one of our top games of last year. Would you say for you? Yeah, it it, um, it definitely was one of my favorites. And then again, even going into this year, like we've played it a couple times. Like it's a solid game. Yeah, I, I love it so much, and so we're gonna talk about that later. And uh, let's just jump right in. We've got more than enough stuff to cover. So uh, we played a lot of games since last time. You have a much larger list than me. So I don't know if you want to start and I'll go second or if you want me to start since my list is a little smaller. It's up to you. Well, do you um, – I know last time – we, were we drinking last time? Because I know we're drinking now. Uh, I don't know if we wanted to do that. Um, but also uh, just a quick shout-out to our brethren – uh, Drunken Disordered podcast. They do have, uh, rumor is there's a new episode on the horizon. They're um, alive. They're, yeah. So, uh, they are Kings of War podcast. Um, we had, uh, one of our own take down a tournament. So I'm sure they're going to be talking about that. That a boy beaner. And I believe he sold his dice for $300. Like, that's he crazy. Did. But, uh, yeah. So hopefully there'll be more details there. So, um, and then the best part is they're playing board games after. So it's like a bunch of jerks. We can't play board games with them, but they'll play with their tabletop crew. But whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, Drunken Disordered, uh, Kings of War podcast. Check it out wherever you get us, you know, if you're interested in uh, Kings of War. Um, they're good people. And uh, it's enjoyable. Yeah. That Irish luck served them well sell- selling dice for $300. That's... Uh- you're not going to hear a story like that too often. Yeah. I, I laughed pretty hard when I read that. So. I couldn't believe But it. congratulations to Beaner for winning. And uh, yeah, check them out for sure. Good stuff. They just got to release more frequently, as do we. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're bad too. God, goddamn slackers. Well, I Red think COVID. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so what do you want to jump? What do you want to do first? You want to talk about beers or do we want to? Do you Q want to Mozart? talk about your beer? Because you seem excited to talk about I, beer. I'll, I'll always talk about beer. No, no. I have I, a beer as well. So um, I don't even know if we got to – if you got to sample these when you were up. Um, but uh, I guess do we cue Mozart or – But uh, in, the, in um, post. What am I, a wizard? <laughs> uh, 
Um, but I am drinking a new beer from Cape May Brewing Company out of New Jersey. Uh, so, uh, Ant, if you're listening, uh, I guess, <laughs> you know, plugging from the motherland of a state. Yeah. Um, but, uh, it came recommended actually from, uh, the beer distributor when I went and bought stuff for, uh, the weekend of beers, uh, you know, the, the, the woman said, Hey, did you try the Cape May? And I was like, Oh, I didn't even know Cape May had a brewery, let alone made beer. So, <laughs> um, and I guess it's, uh, um, it's something that like, you know, people have been clamoring for up here in our area. So I got the, yeah, their stuff's good. Yeah. So I got the regular IPA and then I got the citrus IPA and I've been enjoying both of them right now. I am enjoying the, uh, Cape May IPA. It's a 6.3 well-balanced American IPA loads of hops with floral and citrus notes. So I'm enjoying it. I think I'm on number two. So, so that's me. What about you, buddy? That sounds pleasant. Very a very nice. pleasant description for your beer. I have had a few of their beers. Uh, pretty much everything's been good. Uh, we were trying to find, the, I think it's like a summer salted lager, something similar to that, that they have. Um, oh, you've had I'm Cape May sure before? Just, yeah, I've had Cape May. I've had probably six or seven different Cape oh, May beers, geez. but I haven't yeah. had this summer one. And we were looking for it at our local place, and they didn't have it. So I'm, I'm still going to try and find it. I'm pretty sure it's seasonal only, hmm. which is maybe why it's hard to find. But definitely need to get a hold of that one. But, yeah, they make good stuff. It's a pretty good brewery. I'm actually debating um, going and taking a trip. Take a long weekend. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't even know where they're – I'm guessing Cape May. It's <laughs> <laughs> well, a well-educated so guess. <laughs> maybe they're lying. I don't know. It's actually like Seaside, yeah. seaside Heights or something. <laughs> yeah. It's in the bowels of Camden. Uh, so I got a new so, – so we we kicked the uh, dry hop lager that I had, the Jack's Abbey uh, uh. post-shift finally. Yes, yeah, sad days, sad days. I, I really – I was surprised you drank as much of that as you did knowing the sour was still – or the wild ale was still on tap, but it was a lower ABV, so I guess that's why. Yeah, I'm trying to so be I replaced it in my fleet yeah, of I rental know. cars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I picked up Pizza Boy, which is one of my favorite breweries in Pennsylvania by a long shot, and surprised to see that there were six stills at the New Shangis location near my house, and they had one call that I've never seen before, seasonal I'm assuming, called Falutin Salted Lime Lager, 4.5% salted lime. It's sequench-ish in flavor, but with a lot less of the strong overtones of salt and lime like sequench can sometimes be a little too tart or overpowering on the palate depending on what else you're having this is a little bit more muted but it's really really smooth and drinkable mm. and i've probably been since i tapped that keg i probably have had nothing but that except for one uh one new england ipa so it's not going to last long and i don't know if i'll be able to get another one so i'm trying not to hammer through it so you guys can get a good taste but uh yeah Really good stuff. Pizza Boy is out past Harrisburg. I think they're in Enola, Pennsylvania, but they do distribute out this way. And I've had quite a quite a lot of their stuff in cans, but very few things on draft, other than like their normal sunny side up um, stouts and stuff that they you know distribute pretty more pretty widely around here. So good stuff. Pizza Boy is an excellent brewery. If you have the opportunity to try anything from them, check it out. But Falutin Salted Lime Lager, awesome beer. Very nice. All right, let's jump into Played. 
I'm going to I guess I'll start. Yeah, you start. My list is a lot smaller. I know you got some some crazy. We did get some game nights in in the last month not, or so. It's, uh, it's not the size of the list. It's did you get to play or not? Yeah, <laughs> or did you win? However, we want to. Did you did you lose friends? You know that kind of thing. So I got to sit down finally, finally, and I got to play So Clover. I bought So Clover how many months ago? Never got to touch it, and I first time I get to play is with you, which is great because you know what you're doing. And our wives played with us. Uh, I really like it. It's a really interesting party game. It's it's a wordplay party game. It's a lot different than, let's say, Codenames, but it has some of that Codenames aspect to it. Um, essentially, you get a, a plastic board with four slots for cards on it. And the cards are kind of punched in the center, and around the cards are square. Around each edge of the square, there is a, uh, a word. And so you're supposed to take these cards and sort of move them around on your board so that the two outer words on each clover leaf allow you to write a clue down that relates the two together. So if you said, you know, the two words were like blue and cloud, you could write sky on that, that one. And then you take all the, all the uh, cards off <clears throat> and then you add a fifth card and you shuffle them together. And then everyone else around the table has to kind of guess what your, um, you know, your, your clues were and where the cards go back. And one of them is obviously a false card that wasn't part of it. So, Really cool idea. It actually plays really well, and I, I thought it was pretty fun. Yeah, I again not knowing you know much about it. Uh, again, we're not huge party game uh, people. Um, it's you know I've got I could probably count on one hand how many party games I own, um, but um, this was really good. Um, and I find uh, a lot of word party games, and this goes back to even. Years ago, we used to play Password um, with me, uh, and I think, you know, uh, late nights, my mom would hang out, and um, and I'd have some friends over a couple different, you know, uh, sets of couples, and there might have been four or five couples, um, and we played Password, and you, word games and word association type games, you really need to know your audience, um, if it's not obvious, Right. Um, yeah, but I, I, I felt like you and I, again, you and I just knew some of the things right off the bats more than our wives, right? Like knew us. Um, yeah, I don't know. But, I don't know how to feel about that. No, I mean, it's, again, it's just a different thinking, right? You we think differently. <laughs> oh. Um, but like it was, um, I enjoyed it. I really liked it. Um, <coughs> it, um, it's funny watching people struggle. Over word games, I yeah, it that, is <laughs> that angst that angst about words makes me laugh and chuckle because I just I, I feel love like- too that you got like second tries in this game too. So if you didn't get it on the first try, yeah. you can try again. I thought that was pretty important for like keeping people engaged because like it, there's people that struggle like that and then they don't get it in the first try and they're just like oh, f this game, this is stupid. But yeah. Giving that retry really makes it makes it a little bit softer on those folks. Yeah, redemption's nice. Yeah. Yeah, so that was one. Super happy to finally try it, and I definitely want to play it again with some other folks, but it, you're right, it's an audience game. you got to have the right audience, people who like word games. So I'm going to try it. Actually, Joe and my sister stopped by this weekend. We're going to try that, too, I think, with them, see see what they think. Nice. Um, also got another game of Super Mega Lucky Box in, always a good time. We played at, uh, not the, was it the last board game night? We played Dice Turn Adventures. 
Is it the last yes. one? I think it was the last one. Uh, I had already played through Dice Throne Adventures with my wife and really enjoyed it, but I wanted to see what you thought of the... So we played one portal crawl, which is kind of like a dungeon, then we played one boss after that. And I was just curious, you know, some quick anecdotes anecdotes from you, what, uh, what you thought. Well, it's not your... Uh, it's not your typical dungeon crawler, um, which um, I thought was very refreshing and 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 a nice spin on the dungeon crawl genre, um, where yeah. you weren't just rolling dice, moving, killing monsters, you know, doing you know the typical tropes. Uh, it had you know humor to it. Um, it had again more. Uh, I guess more dice thrown than like a, like a typical dungeon crawler. Again, it's based on dice thrown, but, um, yep. I actually like it better as a, as a co-op than I do as a one on one v one or a two v two. Um, I don't know. I was rolling pretty good, you know, for what it's worth. For once, um, for once, for once. Yeah. Um, and, um, I think the loot mechanic is kind of cool in that more, you know, more so yes. than just like, um, yeah, some of the typical, like, oh, click on the monsters, pick up the stuff kind of thing. Um, you, you yep. kind of work for it and you, you have to earn it. And then again, you roll for it, you know, on those charts. So again, I just thought it was a unique twist on, on the genre. Um, and I'm definitely looking forward to, to playing more of it. Um, I like the upgrading of the decks, like with the loot that you get, yeah. like, yeah. um, it, it, um, <clears throat> it has that sort of mystic veil. Like where you're always building on cards and you're, you know, almost, I know you're not like card creation or card construction, but like you just, you know, you, you sleeve them right in. Um, almost like a Gloomhaven type thing a little bit, yep. right? Um, yeah. Where you swap cards in and out. You know, I like that. I like that about that, that deck building uh, component of it. So I yeah, was, I, I was thoroughly loot- impressed, you know? I think the looting being, active for all players when a kill happens is really cool because it keeps everybody engaged. It gives everybody a chance to get something, whether it's cards or whether it's just like, you know, damage tokens or healing, which is really important in that game. But the loot stuff being a part of the deck building is really cool. And I love, you know, we didn't get terribly far. We got through two, two plays, but there's, you know, additional gear that you can get that you can equip and, um, certain class specific stuff that that's in your deck that people get to play. That's, you know, really powerful. There's just, it's a lot of fun and it is a, it is a cool spin on, on the traditional, you know, stuff that's done there. So I, I like it a lot. Uh, I'm curious to see if what the other guys think, but it seemed like everybody else had fun. So hopefully next time it's, uh, my, my choice, I might just reroll that again, get the next, uh, next two in now that everybody knows how to play. Um, <clears throat> I also picked up Libertalia Winds of Galecrest. Uh, I know I've, I haven't played Libertalia before. The last time you guys played up at the, our cabin trip, I got there late because uh, I didn't take off of work that day. And you guys were already playing, so I never got to play. So I got to try it. Uh, my son and I played one game, and he absolutely housed me. Almost, du- I think he more than doubled my score. I had no idea. He, he, I don't know. He sat down and just like Rain Man that game. He knew exactly what he was doing with the cards. He played perfectly. And I just was done. I, was, I just had to clap my hands. I was like, well done, buddy. Well done. Daddy got smashed. Nice. But fun proud, game. Proud Papa um, moment, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then I said, do you want to play again? He's like, no. So <laughs> I lo- there there goes the proud <laughs> yeah. right in the garbage. 
but yeah, it's fun. It's uh, it's pretty quick. It's a pretty quick playthrough. If you know what you're doing, people can move along pretty fast. I thought the card matching mechanics. So like when you draw cards, um, you draw. I think you draw initial six cards, and the rest of the players match those numbers. So you all have the same cards for each round. I thought that was kind of interesting. But it, it seems to be a pretty good, faithful adaptation of the original with a lot of small changes for quality of life and, and ease of play. Um, I think it's a good addition to the collection. I definitely wanted Libertalia, but because it was scarce, I knew there was somewhat of a reprint or rebuild of the game coming. I just decided to pick that up on sale. And yeah, really good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to trying it. No, give, uh, I am definitely a fan of the original um, and... Uh you know, it was a hit with our group. Um, so I'm curious to see how, how, you know, I've heard mixed reviews on the, the re-implementation of it or the re-theming and the, the, the updated mechanics. Um, some people like it, some people don't. So it's one of those where it's like, all right, I guess I have to give it my opinion, not take, you know, other people's for it. So I'm looking forward to trying Yeah. It. Yeah. We'll have to get it to the table and, and, I'll be honest. Like I think the theme. This is more your theme because it's anthropomorphic animals. <laughs> I know. Pirates. That's we should just switch. You could have my old. You could have my <laughs> out of print, rare, expensive one. And I'll take the new one. I I like the theme of the old one more, um, but I do like this one too. I think obviously the games. It's a Stonemeyer yeah. production, so it's very beautiful. Yeah. It's nice, and of course I'm. I bought metal coins right away because I'm a dumbass, but. Uh, it, it looks great. The art is great and everything. It's just not quite the same theme, but I've seen some of those reviews too. I think you just got to give it a try and and see how it goes. Um, I don't know how many, how many times have you played the original? I've played the original maybe about half a dozen times. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, you're pretty well versed in the game then. So you'll, you'll probably be able to pick up on the differences pretty quickly. I would imagine. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, there's whole new. Um, there's new mechanics they've added to the game that aren't in the original. Aren't in the original, so I'm looking yeah. forward to it. Yep. Uh, I also got four different playthroughs of Morels in. Uh, I love that game. Perfect little two-player quick card nice. game. Kids love it. Uh, my wife thought it was decent. Uh, I like it a lot. It's not real crazy hard, so the kids can like pick up on it. It's basically set matching or set building games. Um, you have to cook mushrooms to score points. You can add in butter or cider to score additional points. You can also sell mushrooms to get foraging sticks, which allow you to sort of, um, buy, you know, buy cards that are more expensive than you would otherwise be able to get kind of like Dale merchants in a way. Um, very good game. Love playing it with the kids so far. And I'm hopefully planning on getting a lot more playthroughs of that game. So Highly recommend. We'll have to try it next time. Uh, I want to get up to your place again and do another two-player night. I'll probably have to bring that along because it's it's solid. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. That one's been on the list for a while that I wanted to, wanted to play. Yeah. And then the last one on my list was a total weakness impulse buy while I was on vacation. I was out with uh, – my daughter really wanted to go. We were up near uh, uh, upstate New York, and we were – on our way up, we passed Syracuse, and she really wanted to go to that giant mall in Syracuse. I can't remember what it's called. The Mall of Daddy's Wallet Dying, I think, is the name. Um, is it the Mall of America so, or whatever is it called? Where it has like I a, think so. A, a, like a carousel yeah. or something inside it? It's It's got all – it's got like just a crazy amount of shit in it. It's a crazy place. Expensive as hell, but crazy. It is cool. 
Uh, it is cool. It's worth a visit if you're ever up in Syracuse for some random reason. But we went there. I took her because she wanted to go. There was a, a Squishmallow place there. She's into these like stuffed animal things called Squishmallows, which is basically like the cheapest shit with a brand name marked up like 400%. So we went and we checked that stuff out. But while we were walking around, there were some like games. There were two game shops. I'm like, listen, honey, daddy loves you. So uh, I'm going to go in this game shop for like 15 minutes and look around. And then we'll continue to look for your, <laughs> your stuff. And I'm scanning through this one store, tons of stuff, tons of games, so much stuff I would like to buy. But I held off. I'm like, I'm not going to get anything. There's nothing on sale. I don't need that much stuff. And I get to the back of the store and on the top right shelf of the very last place I look, is two copies shrink still on the shrink of return to dark tower. And I'm like, Hmm, I passed up on the Kickstarter for this. I know they're going to do another one soon, but how many times am I going to see this in the wild, like retail like this? And I'm like, I'm just going to buy it. And then I'm like, nah, it's $200. When I went to the checkout, I'm like, how much is dark tower? He's like, yeah, $200. I'm like, Oh man, I, I don't know. That's too expensive. So I leave the store I walk down to this, you know, toy store with my daughter and I text my wife. I'm like, oh man, just went in this game shop and they had Return to Dark Tower. I've never seen that. And I, you know, it's so hard to find retail. Like it's really, but I'm like, it's $200. And it's just too much. And she, her reply was, you do you. And I said, okay, that's all I needed. <laughs> so I took her to the toy store where we bought her stuff. I turned around and said, we're going back to that game shop. She goes, why? I said, I want to get that game I was looking at. So we go in. I you know, 200 bucks. I was talking to the guy for a little bit behind the counter. I can't remember the name of the store. I wish I could. Um, but I was talking to the dude behind the counter, really nice guy. I was chatting about the game and how the upcoming Kickstarter is coming and all that. So long story short, I bought return to dark tower in a moment of weakness for $200, like a fool. And I'm staring at the box sitting on top of my, uh, second Calyx. That's right. Second Calyx I just put together the other one and I got some glass shells for it. So now the small games aren't in a bin anymore. Uh, Got to play it last night, and I loved it. It was really fun. It was super nice. – so Isaac Childress and Rob Daviau and a couple other developers kind of chipped in on the development of this with Restoration Games, and it totally shows there's some elements of Gloomhaven in there. There's some uh, – maybe not Gloomhaven, but kind of the thematic the I play. The Isaac touch. The, yeah, that's a good way of uh, – the, the Childress caress yeah. is in there. <laughs> Uh, and then Daviao is clearly in there because there's sort of a survival race mechanic in place that you have to finish the game by the sixth month. But so my wife and I play just a two player game. Um, and you can also, apparently there's co-op is the main mode, but there's also competitive mode, which would be interesting to try at some point. Um, <clears throat> it's really cool. The app is really nice. It doesn't interfere with the game and adds to the game. I think there's a lot of, um, I guess, ambient sound and noises that come from the app and the tower. So there's a lot of like nice atmosphere and, and sort of gravitas to the game as you play it. Um, we beat the game, but we did kind of the, the intro uh, scenario and it wasn't, we didn't crank the difficulty up. I think there's like a heroic difficulty and then you could add like a gritty difficulty, which is like the hardest, I think. So we kept it at normal just for the learning experience, but really interesting, really fun and simple mechanics are pretty quick she picked it up almost instantly um i am looking forward to trying it again i think our group definitely should try it. i know it gets pretty tough at three and four so we definitely should play it at some point but i don't know if it's worth two hundred dollars is my only thing like it's a really good game and it's it's interesting 
but it is probably not worth the 200 bucks. I think it is priced that way because of the tower, but overall just, I don't know. If I had to do it again, I might not get it. <laughs> and, and now the worst part is I know they're doing another like Kickstarter slash like crowdfunding thing and the expansions are included. The models are included, the special tokens and coin. I'm like, shit, like, don't buy that. Don't do it. Don't do it. I want to do it because the models look awesome, but I, I just shouldn't do it, but I'm probably going to do it. <laughs> Make me stop. Ken, please. I sent you, I sent you the videos that got me thinking. I mean, I was already there, but I sent you a couple of videos this week. Like, I, I but I just wait till we get to the bot list, and then I'll. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, now granted, now granted, you paid when you hear my list of what I paid, or w- when you hear all the things I bought since we spoke last. More, th- I guarantee you, though, I don't think I spent two hundred dollars, and it's gonna sound like I spent five hundred dollars when you see this list. It's crazy. Yeah. This is why I just walked out of there with the game and just immediately felt shame. I'm like, God damn it. This is exactly what I should not be doing right now. Walk of shame but holding like, a board game. You know that feeling you get? Yeah. You know that feeling Fires you get are, when yeah. you walk? Well, no. It's like you walk into a store like that and you see something that you've never seen before. And you yeah. know it's like a hot commodity in a way. But you've never seen it in retail. And you're like, oh, shit, I may never see this again. Like, it's that f- there's FOMO there, right? Well, that's why I have whatever. a storage unit full of action figures, dude. Like, I yeah. get it. Like, you're, you're, you're preaching to yeah, the, preaching choir, the my choir, my friend. Here. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I mean, I invented that, right? Like, yes. I feel like yeah. FOMO is – I created it when I was 18. It's like uh, when you – what was the Simpsons episode where you look up a word in a dictionary and Homer's face yeah. appears next to it? Like yeah. that yeah. – there's a dude in a Kengal in the dictionary and it's you <laughs> under FOMO. Yeah. I get it, man. I get it. Um, I, But you know what though? That is also like – it's not – you're not going to see that game everywhere, right? Like No. No. You know, it's not a – it's not a every store carrying it because not a lot of stores have the space even to sell it. Let alone oh, sell a game at two hundred dollars, right? Yeah. So it doesn't uh, even fit in a calic shelf. That's how big the box is. <laughs> oh, but it's it's a good game. Uh, it's fun, and that's all that mattered to me. And at the end, I probably wouldn't have bought it again. Did you have it as a kid? Did you have the game as a kid? I did not. I didn't know anything about it. Oh, okay, so you don't. Had you didn't so buy it for stuff. nostalgia. No. Okay. Nope. Now that's funny. I have Hero. I have the original Hero Quest, and I did not buy the new Hero Quest because I just don't see a point. Right? <laughs> but I did. Like the nostalgia thing doesn't always get me. It's got to be like a quality thing that I have a reason to buy and yeah. play. And this this fit, and it just looks so damn cool too. Like the game itself is really pretty, and the art is fantastic. The components are great. Like all the models and the skulls that come with the game are all ink washed when you get them, so they all have definition. They're not yeah. painted. They're not painted, but they they look good. Like touches like that, you know, give something that's two hundred dollars a little bit more credit. I know it's a stupid thing to just ink washed up, but like, no, it's but nice. It's, it's I mean, nice that's touch. Mechs versus Minions. Uh, I yeah. mean, it wasn't just here's plastic in a box. They they gave you a nice ink washed for for the you know for the uh, the for the chaff for the what is it for the creeps that you kill along the way like. And yep. they all look neat and and unique. So it's like you you pay for quality, honestly. And um, I, I don't think you should be uh, having any regrets. 
No, I think once we play it, I'll, I'll feel better too. And, and my wife and I are going to try it again on some of the harder scenarios and I'll, I'll get more mileage out of the I mean, game. It's not Nova Luna. interested. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rest in peace. Uh, but it, it, the competitive <laughs> mode should, should add some more to it too. And so that was everything I played. And I am going to finish with two things. I really want to play Dice Realms that I bought a while back and it, I'll mention it more in the back bought, but I picked up another game that. I am just dying to get to the table with our group, so I'll talk about that later. But go ahead. Start the list. All right. So it's going to take a while. Well, no, no, no. So the last – so the one game that um, we didn't – that you didn't bring up that we actually played together uh, this past weekend was Planet. Um, yeah, I'm saving it for you. I have – I've posted several times to our Instagram ever since I knew this was a thing. Uh, I actually have <laughs> – um, <laughs> there's a guy, or, or I think it's a, you know, there's a, there's a follower of ours on Instagram that we go back and forth all about Phil Walker Harding. Um, uh, he, he was the one that got, sent me about Joey games, which we'll get to later. Um, but like planted was a new, like target exclusive game. Uh, it dropped, I guess, what, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, something like that. Um, and Target didn't, you know, my, the app said it was in stock everywhere, but it wasn't on any of the shelves. So, um, I went to, um, one of the targets and I just asked the, you know, one of the clerks, I said, Hey, where's this game at? And they're like, Oh, it's in the back. I'm like, can I get a copy? And they went in the back and got it for me, um, before anyone else put it on the shelves at, at other targets. And, uh, my wife and I played several times and this game, Again, Phil Walker Harding continues to just put out quality fun, well, fa- quality fun games. I mean, there's nothing, there's, uh, like, it should be Fun Walker Harding, should be his name, right? Like, it's crazy. <laughs> um, but, P-H-U-N? Um, yeah, 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 that's funny. Um, but yeah, so we've, I've played Planet, I don't know, what, five, six times already with my wife. It's gone to me, it's gone with me on, uh, trips to, uh, her cousin's place. Uh, they've played it, uh, once or twice with us. Uh, and then we got to play it with the wives. Uh, again, I just posted the score. Uh, your wife bested me by what? Two points. Um, yeah, with her first her, game. Her, her tool chest. strategy. Yeah. yeah the decorations. Yeah, I couldn't tools. believe it. Like, um, but yeah, um, planted is worth every penny, um, of that game. The quality, I mean, the components on it alone are worth the money. Um, oh yeah, easily. And and then you get a fun game to boot. It's like a, it's like if Sushi Go and Gizmos had a baby, because <clears throat> um, it, it's just, and it's solid, just easy going, fun. Um, it's not. There's no analysis paralysis. You're just picking, playing, talking, shooting the breeze. Like it's a fun game. I don't know. What are your thoughts? I loved it. Um, it wasn't. It didn't blow me away. But that's how most of his games are to me. Like, I play them and I leave and I'm like, that was fun. And then I kind of stop thinking about it. But then in a little while, I'm like, I could play that game again. <laughs> Super Mega Lucky Box is like that. Um, you know, Summer Camp is like that. I think this is like that. I think Silver and Gold is like that. Yep. There are a lot of games that he makes that are just the, – the, the fun quantity is overflowing the cup. 
but the rest of it may not be there. And you just don't realize that when you're playing it, that the simplicity and the fun pull you back. And that's the, I think the brilliance of most of his games is that he just keeps you coming back. Even if you don't think you really want to. Yeah. I feel like I've played more of Phil Walker Harding's games, like almost double, like every other designer's games, like in a way, like combined almost, you know what I mean? Like we've played like, I mean, any I I play we play his games a lot because they just get they get played because they're again they're inviting they're accessible and they're fun. Um, and I'll get there's, into one there's of, an elegant simplicity to his stuff too. Like it's still challenging, and there's still yeah. enough crunchy depth and strategy and all those terms we use as as gaming aficionados to keep us you know gaming meatheads involved while still being accessible to like our wives. Yeah. And that's that's hard. That's really hard to do. There are not many designers that do that so well. Yeah, and we're gonna get into. I'll, I'll be talking about his newest one. Uh, actually, the second to last newest one. Planet is his newest, uh, and uh, we'll get into his other one. But um, before I get too far ahead of like the more recent plays, um, I did forget to mention on the last podcast. Um, Two other games that got played during that weekend. Um, we got to play Wrong Party with my son. Uh, he loves Wrong Party from Unstable Games. Um, and then we got a game of Wingspan. Uh, and um, my wife ended up winning. And she's never – it was her first win of Wingspan. And I completely forgot to mention it. So, um, But, yes, so she loves Wingspan. And it was her idea. She was like, oh, why don't we play Wingspan? I was like, uh, okay, you know. Um, so we just got right to it, and then she ended up uh, winning. Uh, and then her cousin, he, he gets so upset he's never won a Game of Weeks fan. Uh, so it's kind of funny. Um, Congratulations. But, yeah, she, she deserved it. She earned it. Um, so on that last podcast, I talked about her family coming up for a weekend visit. We actually went to uh, their place uh, over... What was the is that what was it Memorial Day? Or no, July fourth. Jeez, <laughs> what a holiday! Was it? Oh, it was July fourth. Um, uh, and we got again. We you know it's usually a gaming weekend, so uh, I already mentioned Planet. Uh, so they got to try that for the first time. Um, we played Wrong Party because my son uh, was was interested in playing. Uh, we also played um, a game called Can't Catch Harry, uh, which is one of my son's favorite games. Uh, basically, if you've ever played Spoons as a kid with a normal deck of cards, you're trying to get four of a kind. And then once you have four of a kind, you sneakily try to grab something from the middle of the table. Uh, and in this one, there's some unique scoring conditions and unique characters you have to go and grab. But Harry is like this mosquito um, from this universe. I think it's it might be related to that cyanide and happiness world. Um, but it's a kid's game, and he loves it. So we got to play that a couple times. Um, we got to play, um, uh, Alien Artifacts. I was telling you about it. Um, our first PAX, Alien Artifacts was like that, like, like the hit game of, of PAX. Uh, what was that year? 2017, 2018? I can't even remember, uh, whenever our first PAX was, but, uh, and I never played it. I'm, and then I saw it on clearance. I saw it on discounts and all the sites. And I was like, yeah, I just never pulled the trigger on it. Well, my, uh, my wife's cousin actually owned it, and we played it twice. Uh, 
It's asymmetric factions with multi-use different cards. There's three different tracks. They there's synergy between the tracks, um, and it's basically like a. It's not necessarily a race, but you're trying to, um, you know, score the most victory points based on your specific tableau, and then your uh, there's like a couple missions in the in the in the game uh, to score at the end for both parties. Um, so you're, you know, you have your, your asymmetric scoring conditions. There's blue cards that does score if you choose to play them for their score. And then there's an end game scoring trigger. Um, so we played that twice. Um, the second time I got, I got mopped. I, I, I couldn't even, <laughs> I couldn't even do anything my last turn of the game. Just, I, I was so decimated. Um, but it's a fun, simple game. You know, it's, it's got, it looks more, uh, deceiving than it is. And I guess that was what, uh, like a 4X card game. That's what made it unique. It was sort of like that 4X where it was explore, exterminate, uh, whatever. I, I forget the other ones, but I'm not a big 4X game, uh, player, but I thought this one was, was, was well done. Um, I got to play Star Wars Rebellion for the first time. Uh, I was the Rebels and ended up, uh, and we, we, what we did was we set that up Friday night and then we played it all throughout the day Saturday because it's a long game. So in between lunches, in between running for errands, in between other games with, with the family, we were going, we, we kept going back to Star Wars Rebellion. Um, but that one's, again, I, they say it's called Star Wars in a Box. And, um, I, I couldn't disagree. Uh, you know, it's, it, it felt like Star Wars. You know, you're playing heroes, you're doing missions, you're trying to thwart the enemy. You're moving your troops around the map. Uh, there's ground troops, there's air troops, and the air troops can carry the ground troops. And you're, you know, uh, you know, the rebels are trying to move this track down as fast as they can by um, getting these little mission cards completed um, or objective cards completed. And if the rebels can get the two tracks to meet before the rebels find and destroy your base, or not the rebels, the empire finds your base, you know, the rebels win. And it was so close. It came down to like maybe one or two turns where there was a Death Star being constructed where the rebel base was, where I hid the rebel base. But I didn't have to reveal that that was the base because there was no ground troops on that space yet. So, um, and then I ended up, you know, um, getting, you know, fast tracking the, uh, the objective track. Um, so that's super fun. Um, Let's see, uh, Shot and Totten, which is a two-player, uh, I guess a battle line game for Minor Canizia. I um, always wanted to try this. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Uh, and it's funny because me and my wife actually play it. She loves it. We played it the other night. We are, uh, we're one kid free for the week. So we got to play some games. You know, my wife and I got to play games. So that'll be a nice segue into that. We played Jaipur. Uh, Love that game. Shot and Totten. And we played King Domino. She bought King Domino on clearance for, for me on, uh, at Walmart for like $10. And we played the smaller version of the game first. Uh, and then we played the big one where we use all the tiles uh, or all the dominoes. Um, and she really enjoyed it. She was like, Oh, I can't believe I bought that game for $10. That's really good. So, <laughs> <laughs> cause I told her, she sent me a picture of it. I was like, if you would play it, buy it. If you won't play it, don't get it. Right. Um, and then, so we have finally got that to the table. Um, and then, uh, the, I guess the last, 
you know, last the Saturday of our weekend, um, we got to play the crew at a picnic. Um, and then we got some cockroach poker to the table. Again, cockroach poker, nice. I think we talked about it a lot. I mean, we introduced it to two new people that never played it before. Um, it's just such a beautiful game. How simple it is. It's just great. So it's another um, one of those games that's just so much fun. You keep coming back to it. Yeah. Even with the same group of people. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Because you because you get to know each other, so then you have to change your 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 strategies and your and your uh, how you handle your passing or how you handle your your lies. You know. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the last one from a play standpoint. Um, well, not not necessarily the last, but it'll, it'll be a nice segue into later. I'll, I'll mention it back up. Is um, uh, I've got to play Sleeping God solo. And was it last game we last podcast you talked about it, or was it? Two I did. Ago? Yeah. Yep. Was it last one? Um, yeah. So I uh, I just got through the event deck. Uh, my first time going through the event deck, so I fought the big. The first big Leviathan. Spoiler alert, I guess. Hectacron. Hectacron or whatever. Um, Hectacron. I I called it Hectatron the first time. I was like, (laughs) no, that's not right. I mean, did you have, did you get the spear from one of the, completing one of the quests? So it does more damage? Did you get that? Uh, So keep going with your tail and then I'll regale you with mine. (laughs) Um, So, and again, I, I know your take on it. I wanted to try it. Um, cause again, I've heard really good things about it. Um, and, and you, you know, I've been shooting you pictures and, and letting you know my thoughts along the way. And, um, I, I feel like there's something missing with this game. Um, I like a lot of pieces of it, but like managing nine characters uh, managing a ship, managing command tokens, managing an event deck that is unforgiving. Um, oh, yeah. Managing the... Um, <laughs> crazy randomness of this game, even though it was obviously plotted out specifically, um, it, it... It just... It, <laughs> The game is just in managing the mechanics of the game. Like, there's not a, I don't know, the story's not there. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm with you on that. Like, I know, I know you were pretty hard on the story. I don't know what my story is because I'm so focused on not dying and not, you know, losing my ship and not, you know, you know, uh, spending my command tokens improperly. Right, because I don't know what's coming up next. So, do I need five, or do can I get through it with one? Um, I don't know. It just seems like there's too much in this game for for what we're trying to accomplish. Yeah, um, I don't. I'm I not. Think... I'm not. I don't hate it, but I also I'm sort of happy I don't own it. Right, because I didn't spend money and it's just going to sit on the shelf because once you know once i'm you know feel like i've had my fill i don't know if i'd ever want to pick this one back up yeah yeah i think um 
I think I share almost every sentiment. It felt more like you were just autopiloting, if that makes any sense, the, the mechanics of the game every round. You're always playing catch-up. Uh, you have to make a lot of decisions that just result in you saying, you know what, I, I don't want to sacrifice all this extra fatigue and cards, so I'm just going to fail. Like the game makes you fail a lot, and that doesn't feel good. That doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad part of the mechanics. It just doesn't feel right to me as you play. You're faced with that far too often, especially from the event deck itself. Um, oh, the event deck is the most unforgiving thing. Like you have to get like what sevens and eights, right? Yeah, and some of them are persistent too, which makes it even yeah. worse. Like the the fungus one and like the rats on your ship that are eating food, like. If you don't get rid of them, you're going to be in even worse shape. And so you really have to save your your fatigue for challenges for things that you're like, well, this is so bad that it's going to cost me far more pain down the road than it would be to just add this fatigue today. But the mechanics of the game weren't bad. I didn't love them, but they weren't bad. The story isn't very present, like you said. It, you're right. There's something missing from the entire game to tie everything together and keep you both immersed and interested in proceeding with these sort of tedious, arduous mechanics as the game goes on. And it doesn't do a good job of tying that together as well as, you know, making you feel like you're not always just scraping the surface of what's there in the game. It feels like there's a lot more under the surface, but in reality there isn't. It's, it's sort of misleading and that it just kind of let me down. So I was really curious to hear what you thought once you had a good solo playthrough. I really do think that game is better solo than it is with a group of people. Um, no, because I, I could see you not, like, enjoying someone else making... Like, how I don't yeah. even know how you would play this with other people. Like, yeah, here's a couple characters. Oh, here's a couple characters. Like, I can barely get... I, I'm, like, getting mad mm. at myself for my decisions, let alone, like, having <laughs> the decisions as, like, a group of people, like... And it's like, and it slows it down too. Yeah, like, I mean, it feels it's very chore. It's very laborious. Yes, and like, and it's like, again, when we we just got done talking about Phil Walker Harding, and now don't get me wrong, I am not comparing Phil Walker Harding to Ryan Lockett um, by any stretch. Like, because I I I love a lot of Ryan Lockett's games. I'm a big fan of his as well, Um, and. I just don't know. Like, I feel like where, like, Phil Walker Harding continues to build on his designs and, like, maybe adds something from another design or takes them things away. Because there's some similarities between his rolling rights, right? Like, you understand, like, the silver and golds and the and the super megas and, you know, obviously the sushi go and the gizmos with the planet. Like, but there's, but they're not the same. And... And I feel like same thing with Ryan's locker games. Like when you went from above and below to near and far. Now I didn't get the table, uh, now or never, but um, I can see by reading through, he's got the pieces of both of those. Plus he's got new stuff, and like this one, it's just like it's got everything. I mean, the kitchen sink is even in this thing. Like it's that, but they just they don't they're just not working together like his past designs like there should be some editing like i feel like there was editing missing on it 
I don't yeah. know. It it almost feels like it wasn't and I know I'm probably wrong, but it almost feels like it wasn't play tested well enough because I don't know if anybody could sit down solo or with a group play this through and be like, Yeah, I love this. But there are a lot of people out there that really yeah, do like do. it. And and I, it, for me it just didn't it didn't click. Like I said, when I talk about this the first time, the biggest thing with these games for me is narrative. If you're going to be a narrative experience, you damn well better be good at it, or I'm not going to be interested. And that's what happened with this one. And while I like the mechanics initially, the more I played, the more I, I fell into the camp you're in. It just felt very monotonous and tedious, and all you, you were just going through the motions to keep yourself above water so you didn't lose. So Yeah, like I almost um, can't care about the story because I'm more focused yeah. <laughs> on like making my characters – like uh, tr- trying yeah. to like maximize as much as I possibly can for a random situation where I don't know if I'm fighting three things, I'm even getting a chance to fight or I'm just taking damage or, you know, maybe I'm actually finding a totem and the totem is, you know, like three, four things deep, you know, and, <laughs> you know, or it's, you know, am I going to get a challenge seven or a challenge four, right? Like there's a big gap between four and seven. You know? Yeah, the, that mechanic portion of the game actually hinders the storytelling and exploration portion of it to an extent that makes it almost agonizingly unenjoyable at times. Um, I'm disappointed yeah. that you didn't like it, but I'm also very vindicated because you and I, while we enjoy similar games, we also have different tastes across you know the gaming sphere or, or landscape. Yeah, and. I was honestly, you know, you're a Locket fan, so I was kind of like, I bet you he ends up not liking it, but I think he'll like it more than me. It sounds like we fell pretty much on the same page with it, and and yeah, I tried, we're similar. You know, like, I'm not. I, I don't know. I guess I'm just like middle of the road with it. Like, but I know yeah, that's where I was too. Once I packed this up, I would never want to try it again. Yeah, like for the, uh, the time or, investment. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I mean. So, it's, if it's, I want to, I don't play games to to do chores. Like if I'm yeah. gonna do chores, I'll go cut the grass and weed whack, right? Like I'm not. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like change uh, some diapers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't want to. I don't want to play chores the board game. I don't know. It just it yep. got me. I don't know. Yeah. So I, again, I'm disappointed to hear you didn't like it, but I feel vindicated, and <laughs> you know, at this point now, it's it's gonna leave my collection. I do, like I said the last time I talked about it, I th- I do see the effort that was put in. I see the care that was put in to a yeah. lot of aspects of the game. I can't completely sandbag it because I respect that stuff, and there are a lot of things about it I did like. But Yeah, I mean, I bought a whole just Blu-ray just based on the story of this, yeah. right? Like, I get <laughs> yeah. it. Like, I, and I'm not – again, I'm not, I don't, I don't want it to sound so harsh. I just – there's just something not there for me. Again, it didn't, it didn't click. I mean, this is not like – Nova Luna bad, right? Like this is just, yeah. <laughs> just not. I, I guess I had higher expectations for what it was or what it was supposed to be. A lot and, of hype, you know. It just sort of left me, you know, wanting a little more, wanting something different. That's all. Yep. Same here. Does that wrap up your playlist? Uh, yeah, because there's a couple games that are part of the bot list that I also played, so I could talk about them when I talk about buying all right so so jumping off of the sadness of sleeping gods letting us down to the absolute abundant joy (laughs) pure pleasure 
pure, serene, beautiful pleasure of Meadow. Meadow was a game that released in 2021, um, designed by Clemens Kalicki. Artists are Carolina Kajak, and I'm going to butcher this next one, Katarzyna Fiebiger, maybe? I don't know. All I know is their art is so good that my wife was actually looking at buying some of their original drawings. So the you know nice. kudos to them because the art in this game is fantastic, which we'll talk about. Uh, published by a few different publishers, I think Rebel for us in the United States, um, <clears throat> which I guess gets Asmodeg puts it out. Yes, a- yeah. Asmodee is the distributor of it. <clears throat> um. We played this. Uh, when we played this first at PAX last year, right? Yeah. So I brought it to PAX last year. Um, I think we actually talked about it on the podcast, like one of our did, first yeah. podcasts, because you know I just happened to find it at our local game store when it was pretty scar- yeah. uh, scarce to find in the beginning. Yeah. So we've we've played this a handful of times so far, and uh, you know enough that we can f- formulate some opinions on a review. But yeah. Meadow is a uh, – how do we want to describe this? It's a bit of a card-building game where you are essentially walking down the path of a meadow or walking through a meadow and you're uh, observing or collecting different things, land types uh, as part of your base of your sort of slate of cards that you put down. And then you build on top of that using this icon system where – a card you play, a card you draw, you can play provided you have the icons listed on the card up to a certain degree. Um, and they kind of stack on top of cards with those existing icons that you needed. And you continue to build out your meadow and score points based off that, as well as uh, what are called road tokens, which allow you to <clears throat> look off into the distance past the meadow and see some, you know, other houses or, 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 or landscapes or whatever. Um, and also along your walk, you find, I, I can't remember what they're called, but they're basically like heirlooms. So like a, a piece of leather and inside is wrapped a compass or, or an old knife or something like that. Yeah. So it's very, uh, thematic in that sense. And the artwork for this game is absolutely brilliant. The gameplay is very unique in that a grid of cards is set out in the center of the table and every player is given a set of, uh, four, no, five, uh, five. little cardboard sort of, tokens that almost look like an arrow and you slot these arrows into certain notches on that grid along the outside and each one has a number on it and there's a fifth one with a question mark so let's say i take the number three and i slot it in on the left uh, third row from the bottom i can pick the card that's three in from that spot and add it to my hand or play it directly there's also a campfire where you can place your tokens to do some other secondary effects uh, that are listed on the actual uh, arrow tokens themselves. So really cool game in terms of mechanics. Um, super simple to play. It flows nicely. It's great to look at. If you can't tell, we really like this game. So let's jump into theme. Um, you can go first if you like. Yeah, so from a theme... Oh, real quick. Uh- we, re- we review games, for those of oh. you who haven't listened to the podcast <laughs> yes. before, we review games based on five categories, theme, balance, fun, component, quality, and replayability with a final score as a combination of all those. And then we also rate the game for, will it make you lose friends based off the theme of this podcast? Some games are so infuriating that they'll cause you to choke your friend to death. Some games are pretty friendly and not so much so. So continue. No, no problem. Um, <clears throat> so from a theme standpoint, uh, I went with a four. 
Um, again, I don't know if I necessarily feel like I'm hiking and camping and outdoorsy, but I get what it's trying to do. But I don't. It doesn't give me that necessarily that sense of it. Um, but I like the mechanics of almost like taking pictures of the wildlife that you're seeing or finding things on in you know when you're on an adventure or on a hike. Um, and um, but yeah, I went with a four on on theme. So I'm a four point five because <clears throat> there's a certain level of like mental gymnastics we do when we play board games to get into the theme of things you know gloomhaven is a good example um cosmic frogs a good example uh there are many examples i could list but you sort of have to take yourself and put yourself in the shoes of someone walking through a meadow or that you're a giant godlike frog that can punch somebody across another dimension and so this game not only does it really fit the theme of walking through a meadow and observing everything you see and sort of noting it. It does that in the gameplay too, because a lot of the icons sort of build on each other from like a food chain standpoint almost, or from a decorative standpoint. Like you might not be able to play a fence token until you have a house, right? You might not be able, excuse me, be able to play like a, uh, uh, um, what the, well, give me give me a woodland predator. What's a good well, you woodland can't, predator? In that game? Yeah, you can't play a bobcat unless you have a shrew yeah. or, a, right. or a rough grouse out, you know. Or a, so, <laughs> you know, there's those types of things in the game are really cool to me. Um, I love the sort of that like I, again, I can't remember what they're called. They're like heirloom things that you find that sort of tie in to you know. I'm exploring and I find this thing in the ground that's kind of precious to somebody or. I just really think the the gameplay meshes well with the art, meshes well with the theme of the game. And, uh, you know, obviously I'm not walking through a meadow physically, but as you're playing the game, you can see it's working that way, and it's kind of designed to work that way. The other thing that really gives me some, you know, pause on the theme in a good way is that the game ships with a book. Every card is numbered, and so as you play the game, they encourage you to look through this book, and you can actually see, okay, the card I just played is a, is a Viceroy Butterfly, and here's some f- facts about the Viceroy Butterfly. Like, <laughs> it teaches you about the nature that you're looking through, which I think is such a cool touch for a board game about that type of thing. So they go a little above and beyond for that, and they also added in sort of these little um, envelopes that have additional cards that are related to, like, the Equinox or New Year or whatever, you know. Stuff like that, little touches that are that are in the game that help with the theme. So I I gave it a little higher, a four point five. Um, where are you at on balance? <clears throat> balance for me is a five. This game, every time we play it, is so close. Uh, it's very unusual for somebody to be way behind, and it's very unusual for somebody to be way ahead. It's almost to the point where it might be too balanced. Um, but I do think is that you know, a bad there's, thing? No, it, it, I think it can be in some games where sort of they play themselves. I don't think this is one of those. I think the randomness of the the rack of cards that you have at the center of the table, your decisions you make as to when you use that campfire because it's got limited spots and what you do with it is very important. I just find this to be incredibly well balanced because of the you know, you don't have a ton of decisions to make every round, but the decisions you make are important. And everybody gets a pretty equal shake at coming away from that round with something positive for themselves. I, I gave it a five for balance. So for balance, 
I had this at a four. Um, and again, this could be just one of those things where I'm not good at judging what balance is in a game, but I put it in the same categories <laughs> as like Looters and Fort and Res Arcana and even War Chest, right? Where it's um it's how you play, it's how you master what you have to do in your tableau and mastering your decisions. So um again it's not you know, again there's that luck factor, right? A little bit just like the other games where uh I yeah. think depending on, you know, what comes up or who takes what before you or what play, you know, plays they make. Again, it could affect the balance or it could make you feel like, well, my turns are, you know, pretty lame. Um, but again, you're, you're trying to make the best play that you can, uh, you know, on your turn. So that's balance. What'd you have for fun? That's, that's that's a lower balance score than I thought you'd have, but I, I guess I see what you're talking about. There's yeah, I, I, fair and again, randomness. <laughs> I could be bad at balance, right? Like, because <laughs> I feel or like that. I feel like I was bad at theme for a while, and now I feel like I've moved all my you know <laughs> bad review skills into balance. It's all, all based on opinion, buddy. Subjective, uh, so it's subjective fun. art form. <laughs> that's right. That's right. For fun, I had a five. I love this game. I always have fun when we play it. Uh, there's always a close score at the end, so it's kind of tight. You're you know nail biting to see who wins. I love the little bit of banter and, and hate drafting that goes on sometimes in the game, especially later on with like certain cards, certain high point cards. I like it earlier in the game too when people really need houses and like one gets flipped and Joe steals it from you and everyone laughs. Um, <clears throat> Houses you know, and fences are like hot like commodities that. in the beginning. Until that north deck, they then it's are. like running for predators, rushing for predators. It's like <laughs> it's like a tight real estate market in the land of meadow. But there's everything about the game's fun. I love all the mechanics in the game. I love the drafting. I love the campfire stuff and the actions that you get to take. The variety that's there, competing over those spots every round. I think the game plays so elegantly and smoothly that once you sit down with four people that know the game, you're able to just kind of flow through it without much trouble. And I don't know. It's just – it hits all the all the cylinders for me. It's just really fun. And I know it's not like dungeon crawly or action-y or war gamey or dice rolling, but – Yeah, but that doesn't have to make it good. any less fun. Because, again, to your point – yeah. You know, if you've got a couple people that know how to play it, this thing just flows, right? And you have your yeah, little right along. Yeah, you have your little uh, bumps in the road, so to speak, with uh, you know someone you know drafting you know the snow land that you needed, or they get to the campfire before you do, and then there's no spot for you to actually do the action you needed to do to set yourself up for the next round. So I, I hear you 100. percent And again, it doesn't need to be grandiose, to still to be you know to still be fun, um, it's a nice. Yep, this rel- definitely you know, proves that point. Yeah, cal- it's calming, it's soothing. You know, you're just relaxed playing it, and it's still thinky. Yeah, definitely, it's got its crunch to it. Um, but and again, there's for me, I went with a four point five. I know you've just been handing out fives lately, like they're you know free candy. But um, well, someone told me I can't get fives. But- <laughs> Yeah, you damn them to high hill. I'm giving fives. Your pendulum really swang. Um, but no, I went four point five for fun. Um, I think just the the 
that one element of just disappointment where like if you have or you need something desperately and you just can't get it to show up or you know you you do the action where you can draw three cards and keep one and they're all identical you know that just really puts a little you know a little damper <laughs> on your on your plan so uh we again, may never see that again you know <laughs> What is that? One in a million? I mean, I'm not a math guy. I don't know. The odds have to be astronomically small. That was. I mean, they were literally the same symbols across the board, right? Like it was. Yes, that that's a Kirby play if I've ever seen one. Uh, I was (laughs) just char. You just Charlie Brown the shit out of that deck. Uh, but yeah, the luck alone, just that that small ounce of that luck. Again, I just had a ding at one point for fun, or a half point for fun. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, how about component quality? Would you have so component qualities? I have two, just little tiny points of uh, of issue with component quality. So I, I did give it a four point five because it is pretty damn amazing for what it is. Um, but the two items I have for it were one is more of just a maybe again I was um, a bit overzealous with the insert, but do not. Uh, travel with that game vertically because those cards will go <laughs> everywhere, and then you got to resort them all into the north, west, east, south, you know, piles again before you start, and all the other little bits are all over the place. So uh, definitely, you know, keep that uh, that game horizontal. And the second one is the uh, the road cards and the road tiles. I felt like there's a sort of a lost opportunity to really give that a little bit more of a thematic flavor where maybe there was a almost like a board, almost like Gizmos, right? How Gizmos has that long board where you put your different yeah. cards by it. I feel like there was an opportunity to to really have something a bit more thematic as opposed to just like, oh, here's a thing, flip it over. Here's this, flip it over. I don't know. It's just a little fiddly for me. So that's why I gave it a, a 4.5. Those are my only two component quality issues. Other than that, everything else is great. Yeah, I'm a 4.52. Agree on the insert, although I have less trouble because I kind of pack it a certain way where the board sits over the cards a little better, and I don't seem to have issues, but I've definitely pulled the box out and seen stuff fall out too, so it's definitely not clean, but oh well. Uh, Didn't really think about the road token thing, but that is one of the more fiddly and annoying parts of the game is having all those little tokens, and I totally agree, and it's an interesting idea to potentially have done that a different way. Um, other than I mean, that, everything... If you think about it, it's like building two different tableaus, right? But they, but they're not connected in any yes. way, right? Yeah. So maybe the yeah, roads could have weird. been below while you were building your pyramid up top, but you have the board that shows you your iconography and your symbols. I don't know. Again, maybe. And maybe that could have been a way to get rid of the, the starter cards, too, with maybe the board has the starting icons on the top, too. Again, little things like that, but... I'm with you. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you yeah. off. No, no, you, it's a good point. And, and those road tokens, too, and the whole road card thing just feel a little bit disjointed from the game. They make sense thematically, and they are kind of like a cool additional way to score points. Or even if you're – I think when we played last time, I can't remember if it was you. I think it was you. Had like I went heavy on the road tokens. I went heavy yeah. on the road, yeah. Again, and I was trying something different because the cards weren't showing up yep. for me. Again – I, I had that bad draw where I drew three, 
three Christmas trees and I needed a desert or whatever the heck it was. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, what was it? Atlantis set, right? Uh, 10,000 spoons and all you need is a knife kind of thing. Um, but, yeah. uh, but yeah, so I was like, last time Alanis Morissette's going to get worked <laughs> into this podcast, just so you know. Unless there's a movie theater joke coming up. But anyway. I'm just um, going to call this the Alanis Morissette episode. <laughs> nice. Uh, but yeah, so I, I had to go heavy on that road because I couldn't get anything else working. And I was like, maybe this thing will work out. I mean, I was getting some big point ones. I mean, I can't remember what where I scored on that. I don't think I was in the bottom, but I definitely didn't win either. Yeah, that I can't remember been, how it finished, but I just remember looking looking at your road token setup, and I was like, well, shit, I guess I better somewhat compete with that. I had, like, a good setup going, but I, I only had a few of those. I was like, oh, I better grab some of these before the end, because he's just going to get a Monopoly and take over. But they, they still feel a little weird to me, and I think what you mentioned would be an actually elegant and pretty simple way to tie it back into the, you know, the main board that you work with. Uh, in front of you, which really is just a set of cards, but like something else would have been nice to kind of tie them all together. So yeah, I think uh, 4.5, everything else about it's awesome. Card art is fantastic in this game. It is oh, beautiful. beautiful. The rule books beautiful are art. great, well-designed. The little, I mentioned like the accessory book that comes with it, where you can like look up at the card numbers and see what the actual animal or insect is and read some, you know, factual information about it is really cool. The little envelopes are cool. It's just very well produced, and and I'll stress again, the art is fantastic in this game. Um, replayability. So four point five for me. I could play this forever. I dinged it a half a point because I do see this potentially getting old someday. There is not a crap load of depth to the game itself. You could play over and over and get different combinations of cards in that you know, grid that you're going to pick from every time you play. And that's keeps it interesting, right? And who you play with keeps it interesting too. But there isn't a ton of variety or um, interchangeability with the mechanics. It's kind of like pick and play, pick and play, pick and play. Maybe campfire here, campfire there, pick and play. Uh, I could see after, you know, 15, 20, 25 playthroughs, this may start to get a little bit old. All depends on how much you kind of like it as a, you know, simple, I'll say simpler, but not really a too simple title versus, you know, something heavier that, that may be a favorite that you want to bite off and chew. So that's the only reason I docked at half a point is because I could see this maybe after that number of plays starting to get a little stale. And then the funny part about this is this is the only five that I gave Meadow. Uh, I, <laughs> um, Again, I, I I put it in the category of Nidavellir, uh, looters, fort, some of the other games we reviewed and talked about, right? Like War Chest. Um, yep. This this does have, in my opinion, it has that replayability. Yes, it might get you. You'll see a bit of sameness, but you mix it up with you know unlocking one of those envelopes or throwing a promo pack with some new cards to just spruce it up a little bit. Um, they have that new expansion coming out. I hope there's not only more cards That's and true. more of what we love about Meadow, but maybe there's just a new mechanic or a new another sideboard with maybe you get a couple more action uh, slots. I don't know. It could be. Who knows what they're gonna do with it? But we're. I'm just super excited for more of it. Not that it. Again, I don't think you it get to needs start brush it. fires in the expansion. <laughs> no, it's the opposite <laughs> of Meadow. Um, but again, I I felt like. 
Yeah, to your point, like I would <coughs> never not want to play Meadow. So the replayability is very high with this one for me. So that was the five. What was your final score? Yeah, I mean, well, just on the on the replayability thing, I, I completely forgot about the expansion. That's going to drive it up to a five. But base game, 4.5. Uh, final score is a 4.7. This is pretty damn high on my list of stuff. Uh, I don't even keep track of them the same way you do because I'm lazy and a pile of shit. I should probably, but just off sheer instinct from playing this game, the number of times we played it and how much fun I've had with it, the fact that my wife doesn't hate it. You know, I've had so much fun with this game. It's high up on my list. And out of all the stuff on my shelf, if I had to pick my top five games right now, this would probably be number five. Yeah, I uh, averaged out to a 4.4. And it ties Looters and it ties Res Arcana in my reviews. So it's definitely Amongst Good Company. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's a it's a deserving title. I'm thoroughly happy that we've played it as much as we have, and I'm hoping the expansion adds more. And I, I do have some of the promos tossed in there. I have yet to open any envelope. I think maybe I opened one envelope. I can't remember. Yeah, I think the one. With the I feel like I inside. added one envelope. I figured. Yeah, I think I did one envelope as well. Um, yeah, I, but, I probably uh, should open through all of them. <laughs> I think most of them are time based, and there was. Yeah. So, is this a game you would uh, you'd lose friends over? I put this as a no. It is. I, th- I think we touched on it a little bit earlier. It's a. It should be a calming, relaxing, uh, just fun. Uh, you know, just shooting the breeze. You know, having some laughs. Just you know, it's just again, grown grown adults sitting at a table. You know, picking picking grubs and and little bushes and. And then, like, out of nowhere, a bobcat. You're getting a bobcat to then eat half your ecosystem, right? Like, I don't know. There's, and it doesn't have too much. There's not a lot to take that. Yeah, and you're excited, right? Because you need that because that's what's going to get you your little little scoring token between the two pieces on the fire fire pit. You know, Um, there's a lot of. It's a simple game, but there's a lot. There's a lot going into it, and um, but but it's not overwhelming. It's like once you get to the hang of it, you're like, okay, okay. But yeah, I didn't think this was a yeah. lose friends. No, I don't either. There's player interaction, but it's sort of gated pretty well. The campfire spots are really the only part where it gets super competitive because most of the time you only get one shot at a card. And if other people want it, you're not going to see it again in most cases. So I don't think there's a ton of that. You know, I think we have more moments where we're just kind of like, damn it, I really wanted that spider or whatever. And then you just move on because there's. <laughs> 15 other cards to pick from and that card immediately gets yeah. replaced. So yeah, you stole my tit mouse, a, a, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't think this is going to be a, uh, a game like that. So I definitely don't think uh, it's ever going to cause fights, but I'd be, you know, you, you see everything in, in board gaming. You see I don't everything. know. Maybe the wet, maybe the wetlands adds some like crocodile fighting or something where you're, you're, yeah. Up and going up against somebody on <laughs> a challenge. It was dice based combat for you. Ugh. If 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 Meadow gets dice, I'm out. <laughs> you can just <laughs> put it in the brush fire. All right, let's jump into backbot. Uh my list is probably smaller than yours. Do you want to go first or do you just want to hear me out? Uh well let's do backed. Let's do back first. 
Um, and I'll go first okay. with fact, and then I'll take us go home with it. bot because oh, my poor purse. Um, <laughs> so from a back perspective, what's left of it? Um, yeah, exactly. A cup, there's like a a moth holding onto my last penny. Um, but uh, so from a back perspective, since we last recorded. Uh, the only, so there's two going on right, there was one going on right now, active current as we're, you know, speaking. Uh, and it's a game called Isle of Trains. And it's got this multi-purpose, multi-use card, engine building mechanism. Uh, the art looks cool. The components look cool. Uh, so, and again, the price point seem, it's a, it's a, it's a reprint or a sort of a redesign. Not from a mechanic standpoint, but just from an overall look and feel of an existing game. I think Vassal's got a review up from like seven years ago or something. Like he's in his basement. That's how old this interview or this review is of his. Um, wow. But uh, again, the price point was pretty good. I believe it's going to, you know, knock on wood, fulfill by the end of the year, too. So it'd be a nice little filler game. Uh, but again, it's. It's engine building, so I always like, and I like multi-use cards. I mean, I've talked about, uh, you know, one of my favorite designers regarding the multi-use card techniques, um, which we'll get to in a bit. But, uh, but yeah, so that was, uh, that's currently live on Kickstarter, Isle of Trains. And then one that has been funded since we recorded last. Uh, you know, we love Phil Walker Harding and Phil Walker Harding's games. Um, here on the channel or on the podcast. And, um, one of our, f- uh, friends or followers on Instagram sent me a, a, a press release about Phil Walker Harding starting his own game company called Joey Games. Uh, and it's an, he's, he's an Australia based designer and his company is now in Australia. Uh, and I didn't think, you know, we'd ever see his games because, you know, being an Australian company, you know, if he was going to come out with games, I had to somehow find a friend down under to start getting those games shipped to us. But <laughs> he actually ended up running a Kickstarter campaign for three of his first three games under the Joey Games banner. So I backed that, and that was funded. So these are uh, lighter, more family weight style games. Uh, one is a co-op. One is a... Um, a set collection, and then I think the third one is maybe a, a roll and write, I think, s- style game. Um, but they're all different, unique games. Um, but again, they're on that lighter genre. But you know, that's does kind of does game see play in, in in my house and on my table. So he crushes it was a no brainer to to keep supporting Phil Walker Harding, and and hopefully this company, uh, this isn't the last we hear of it because. Uh, Phil Walker Harding makes good games. So I consider backing that back. and then knew you were going to do it and just was like, yep, I don't have to, Ken, I'll get it. <laughs> <laughs> so what are your backing at, current? So I back two things since we last talked, which again has been quite some time, but not a lot because I have so much in the pipeline that I'm like, I need to slow down at some point. So pretty small. Uh, I backed something called Nut Hunt, which was a, a little whimsical first-time project. I noticed, uh, and my kids might like it, so I figured, eh, price point was pretty cheap. Let's give it a shot. looks pretty fun. A um, little bit of an area control type game on a small board. You're a bunch of squirrels fighting over nuts and 
looks kind of silly. So that's uh, hit funding goals that'll actually make uh, reality happen. And then the other was Dice Throne released a Christmas in July promotion pack. I guess it's actually a separate product, not really so much promotion, but they're doing Santa versus Krampus, uh, which I thought was awesome. You can use them in Dice Throne Adventures. You can use them in the regular Dice Throne game. Comes with um, a bunch of Dice Throne Adventures cards for like extra, um, you know, bad guys and, and map tiles and stuff like that. Nice. So I was like, all right, I have to do this. So I think the whole thing was maybe like under 50 bucks, um, which if you know Roxley, which we've talked about on here before, their quality is second to none for the most part. So that was a bit of a no-brainer. So that was it for back. Again, I'm trying to just slow my roll a little bit here. And honestly, like it hasn't been a tough choice this summer to make. I think the only one that I kind of didn't go for was Feralis. And since then, I haven't seen a ton of stuff that's really scratched my interest. So yeah, it hasn't been too hard. Yeah, I, I so think bought. there's a – well, <clears throat> before we I, – I just wanted to touch on that too because, I again, typically yep. I'm pretty crazy with Kickstarter, but um, there really hasn't no. been <laughs> – there really hasn't been too much. And I don't know if it's because of the big conventions that are coming up this season. You know, Gen Con's right around the corner. We have PAX Unplugged uh, in a couple months. So um, – and I think Origins just was, if I'm not mistaken. So <clears throat> maybe that's just where uh, – you know, some of the publishers have been putting their focus, but I, I we know it's not too there's still that, stuff coming, you know? Yeah. I think, I think there's, there's companies that are like not doing so hot because of shipment delays, COVID problems, yeah. like manufacturing. I think a lot of manufacturers, and we should talk about this in more length because I saw something recently about, um, is it Peterson games who created kingdom death? Is that right? No, no, that's so. Okay, Peterson is um, company. Cthulhu Wars or Sandy. You're talking about that's Sandy it. Peterson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that they were having some troubles and and like maybe that maybe you know they laid some folks off there and like I think there's just kind of a pullback at this point because it's just getting harder and harder to get a product out the door for a reasonable price with the global economy issues that exist and so maybe that's part of it we should definitely look into that and talk about it a little bit in more detail because i think it's going to be an interesting development over the next couple of years in board gaming in general yeah definitely um uh so bought you want to go you want me to go i know your list is <laughs> well, enormous <laughs> so I'll, I'll do a small portion of my list and then i'll pass it because these aren't necessarily bought like at retail or or online um, these were actual Kickstarter okay. games that came in. So um, I backed two contributors. Yeah, for it. Yeah, but I didn't – yeah. So – and I probably don't know if I mentioned them before, but they've, they've arrived. So it's always nice when you get something that you paid for uh, to show up. But um, – Yeah, it is. <laughs> I, uh, so there were two contributors that I, I backed this year. Um, again, it was something where – I've wanted to. I've been wanting to give back to some of the contributors that I watch, just like they're you know a regular TV show, um, and that was Man vs. Meeple and Geek Boy, uh, Game Boy Geek. So I'm still waiting for the promo packages, which was the was the main, you know was a real uh, um, you know the the meat of their campaign. But I was able to get two different bundle packages, uh, one for each. So. Um, and just so happens they're both two player games. So Man vs. Meeple, 
I uh, I got Rift Force package. So what you did was you got all the promos and you got a board game, and um, it was a you know pretty decent price point for what it was. Um, so that one came, and then for Game Boy Geek, uh, I got the Lawyer Up package. So again, we're getting I guess there's there's coasters, real nice coasters, uh, the promo packs, and then I got a, a a copy of Lawyer Up. I've been wanting to play Lawyer Up. I, I didn't back the first one, and I was hoping it would show up before I could maybe get in on the second edition of Lawyer Up, but uh, I didn't get so it. Just, but it just showed up. So, um, and, nice. and my wife and I just watched uh, a video on it. So she's like, "Ooh, I would definitely try that," Ooh, which I thought she play. would. Yes, exactly. So, um, so yeah, those were <clears throat> two contributors, um, and then. Uh, a new game company that I was aware of, they were new to me, um, is called Peak Games. P-I-Q-U-E or P-Q? I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm probably butchering it. But uh, um, <laughs> they had a, a small game called Regency. Uh, and I fell in love with the art. The game mechanics are, are neat. It's, it's a... It's a I, I hate to call it a civ builder because you're not building a civilization, but you're you're recruiting different citizens from different uh, houses, and it's the first person to uh, recruit uh, one of each house into your tableau, and um, your cards that you draw uh, each round are not only your currency, but they also have very powerful actions. So, or you could fuel your special asymmetric power. So there's a lot of choices uh, in this. You know, again, it's sort of a race to six. Um, so it's: do you hold those cards? Do you spend them for the to get a to, you know to get a citizen, or do you charge up your power? Um, I think it's going to be pretty amazing with multiple players. I've only played it with two right now, um, and yeah, I and this actually looks no, good. And I played the solo um, versus Catherine the Great, um, and it's like loosely based on historical figures like they can't put the names of some of them on the cards but you kind of know who some of them are um if you're a history buff it's kind of cool so that's regency yeah that looks really good i just looked it up while you were talking and uh that looks excellent I definitely yeah and the price point next time we get the chance yeah and the price point wasn't bad at all it's a nice magnetized flip box there's an insert all the cards fit the boards fit like it's nice it's, it was nice quality. I was, it was, I was happy with it. Um, and then the last Kickstarter that's shown up, uh, I know we've, we've, I've mentioned this a lot. Um, it's uh, designer John Cloudis from Small Box Games. Uh, his, um, uh, his, his latest Kickstarter was just, uh, what was it? Maybe last episode I mentioned I was backing it. And it's arrived. Yep. So it's called An Empty Throne. Uh, I had some questions. I went right to the form, uh, right to the Kickstarter page, asked some questions. John got me situated, got me straight, and now I'm looking forward to playing this again because I I might have played some of the rules wrong. It's a little, some of the rules were a little uh, again. Maybe I just I'm bad at reading, but um, uh, <laughs> but but yeah, it seems again multi use cards. You're trying to score piles, so it's got a little bit of shot and totten feel to it um, with. Uh, again, just these these unique abilities, uh, and depending on where you play them, how you play them, who was you know what characters there ahead of it, you can do multiple things. So it's just uh, again, 
and again, small box. It's in a tuck box, you know, like like a regular deck of cards. Um, and there's just so much game in these little boxes. So small box games, if you didn't check them out, please run. Enjoy. Uh, John Cloudus is a fantastic designer. So those are my those Kickstarters that have shown up. So backed prior. <laughs> Every day is like Christmas at, at your house. Oh, it is. So I have a short bot list. Uh, I, in a moment of weakness, want to discuss this earlier, bought Dark Tower. Uh, so that was on the list. And I also mentioned Libertalia, Winds of Galecrest. I picked that up. Got to play that once so f- or twice so far. I really dig that. The other one that I got that I've been wanting for a while after s- watching it on Shut Up and Sit Down and a couple other places was Hansa Teutonica, the big box. <laughs> um, you would Shut Up and Sit Down. Can they not get you to buy a game? Yeah, they can. <laughs> There's been a few that I've watched. And I'm like, no, this is not for me. I think the is one it because they didn't bike, eat components? Bike raking. Bike, What's ra- that? bike racing? <laughs> bike racing, yes. That's it. Those are the words I want. Yep. Uh, I don't know. There's some stuff they review I can't get into, and but there's some stuff that I see, like Hansa Teutonica, that I'm like, I would like to make my friends angry at me, so I'm buying this game. Uh, yeah, I can't wait. It looks like so much fun. I can't wait to get it to the table with our group of four. It's going to be as cutthroat as it gets, and should be entertaining as all hell. So short bat or short bot list, but I have a feeling we're going to get a lot of hours out of Hansa Teutonica. Nice. And I also played Dark Tower. Uh, loved it, and I have it r- literally sitting my left. I set it back up again, so we're going to try another scenario. Hopefully, in the next few days. Very cool. All right, so you ready? Give it to me, baby. <laughs> so, again, since we recorded last, um, there oh, was... Do, real quick, do you want me to put, like, oh. little cha-ching sounds every time you mention a game? Because I could do that. <laughs> sure. Maybe we should do that. You want to bring in some monies? You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna up our production quality and, and bring in some sound effects? Yeah, sure. Nice. All right. So, since we recorded last, there have been so many online sales that I they just had stuff in there that I liked, and then I would peruse the list of sale items. And then before you know it, I had a free shipping cart. So, we'll start with um, uh, Board Game Bliss. So, that's the... Um, that uh, the Canadian, uh, almost like the Canadian miniature market, and uh, they had the last uh, Seven Wonders version one uh, expansion that I I didn't have, and that was Armada. Um, the only expansion I don't have is Babel, but I hated the Babel expansion for Seven Wonders. I know there are people that I love it, but it just I, it won't I won't get it. So this was the last one I wanted. So. <clears throat> Along with Seven Wonders Armada, uh, I hit their uh, Dent and Ding uh, section, so I was able to pick up Explorers, which was the new roll and write from uh, Phil Walker Harding. This one is fun. Uh, we, we had played this. Uh, it was a two-player version um, with my wife's cousin uh, in Maryland. Uh, again, we'll see this thing. This game will see more play uh, as well. It might actually be played more than uh, 
than silver and gold because uh, there's, there's a little bit more meat to this one and there's a little bit more of a race, more interactive because you're all uh, crossing off terrain on a map uh, and you want to be the first one to hit some of these temples. You know, it's got some of that little bit of lucky box sort of feel to it from, you know, you, you cross off this, you get a bonus. You do this, you get that. You do this, you get that kind of thing. Um, so that's Phil Walker Harding's Explorers. Um, let's see. They also... Uh, what else did I get from that? Um, that might have been it for Board Game Bliss. It might have only been a couple games from that. Um, and then uh, Fun Again Games had a sale on uh, Colossal Games uh, Library. And I, I don't know if it was just, you know, trying to get through a liquidation sale, but um, I was getting full Kickstarter pledge bundles for less than $10 on certain games. So I picked up Rebel Knox. I picked up Imperius with the expansion. Uh, I picked up Merchants of Maziri, which was a John Cloudus game that Colossal put out. Uh, I, I worked through some of the mechanics uh, earlier this evening. This game is also a lot of fun. Multi-use cards, um, action selection um, with with set collection. It, it's it's very fun. Uh, and again, simple to pick up, simple to play. Um, I, I got the Doomtown Reloaded expansion. Uh, all manner of evil. Um, I'm just trying to think. Okay, so that was <laughs> that was all from Fun Again. Uh, Sweet then, Jesus. Then Miniature Market did a moving. Was it moving? Did they do a moving sale because they moved their headquarters or their warehouse or something? I forget. <sighs> but again, I went digging through that list. So I picked, and that's oh, a. <laughs> And that's also what started me down my Marvel Champions uh, just rabbit hole, which is why I didn't want to buy it in the first <laughs> place. But when you told me what you wanted for years, I was like, all right. So uh, I got Sorry, Marvel buddy. Champions, Vision Character Pack, War Machine Character Pack, uh, the Wrecking Crew uh, Pack. I got Hulk. I got Quicksilver. I got Kang, Star-Lord, uh, and um, Doctor Strange. So also down this path, when I was in Maryland, uh, they had Marvel Champion stuff on, on sale. So I got Nebula, Black Widow, Captain America, and the Mad Titan Thanos expansion pack. So wow, my, 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 but I, I've made a vow that I won't buy any Marvel Champion pack unless it's on sale. I won't buy it retail or when it comes out. I won't pre-order it. I'll wait for it on sale. So I'm hoping that helps me, you know, with my addiction to being a completionist. <laughs> um, also from uh, Mini Mar- Miniature Market, I got Victorian Masterminds, which was an old CMON game that I've wanted to play for so long, and it was hard to find. But I didn't want to also pay a lot. I was hoping I'd find it at Ollie's, <laughs> but it never showed up to Ollie's. But it was on sale, so I got it. Um, I grabbed the next Hero Realms uh, uh, quest pack uh, from White Wizard. I grabbed um, four decks of Keyforge for the Mass Mutation expansion, which I never got to play. So I just grabbed a couple just to try it out. 
Nice. Um, <clears throat> I got the new Jabba's Palace from Star Wars Love Letter, so I'm looking forward to playing that. Um, this actually adds player count, which I think Love Letter for a while was only four players, so now you can play up to six, which is kind of cool. Um, let's see what else. What did I miss? All right, so that was that was um that was my miniature market purchase. Uh, so I went on eBay and found a two-player game called Roma that uh, I've been wanting to, I've been following for a while. So I grabbed that. Then Target had to buy two, get one sale. So from Target, I was able to grab Emotep from Phil Walker Harding. And then just this last week, um, oh, and also I grabbed Unmatch, uh, Little Red Riding Hood versus Beowulf from the Target uh, sale as well. And then the last of my bought uh, was GameStop had 50% off all their clearance last week. So I ran out. I grabbed the Thanos and the Avengers uh, Funkoverse set. Thanos cost me $3.50. And uh, the four-pack Avenger big box was $7.50. And then I got Risk Legacy for $20. So, again, everything was on sale. Everything was heavily clearanced. So I didn't go crazy. But, I mean, it it sounds like I went crazy. But it was all really, really good prices. So that was my my game haul from June slash July. (laughs) So, yes, that is crazy, regardless (laughs) of price. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm proud of you for for deal breaking things. Uh, but Jesus Christ, that's a haul. That is a lot of games. <laughs> now, question. Yeah, how many sure. that you bought have you gotten to the table so far? Like, I know the Marvel Champions stuff is never ending because it's an LCG. Have you played and have you used any of them yet? So, Explorers, uh, Regency, um. Uh, the Merchants of Missouri. Uh, I played on, uh, like I said, uh, Empty Throne. Uh, the, the expansions just got thrown in the box. Um, and, and yeah, so that was, that's that. <laughs> <laughs> so well, I guess what? We have 10% of the list. Too. 10% of the list. Yeah. Got played so far. But again, it's there's a again, you know how you know what it's like when you get a game in, you gotta learn the mechanics, you gotta learn the rules, then you roll it out for people. So once I go through it, I can roll it out. Um, but again, some of the expansions I can't really like. I don't feel bad not tabling because when I do get to play those games again, then I have the the content to play. Uh, you know, like Funkoverse. Just yeah, imagine look- Golden Girls fighting Thanos. Like I'm just so excited for that <laughs> day when that happens. You know, give it to him, B. Arthur. Exactly. Um, yeah, I think the uh, the Marvel Champions expansions plus you know the the scenario packs will keep you busy for a long time. That game can take a while to play in an enjoyable way, uh, but all that extra stuff added on, it's just like you you could just mix and match forever and ever and ever, and it's going to be fun. Yeah, that's that's going to be my next solo project is to start getting some of that, getting that into that. that I think that's a good solo, solo mode. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, well, I guess impressive. instead of bought, that's splurged. Is it splurged instead of bought? 
That's uh, that's uh, that's called weakness, right there. It's called disposable income. Lots it's of also because I haven't been going anywhere. I've been cooped up in the house. Yeah, I don't know. And I'm a yeah, sucker and, for and like I'm a sucker for a sale. I don't know. You also, I think we tend to want to buy more stuff when we play more stuff. So like that whole weekend you just gamed just like whets your appetite <laughs> to expand. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it just yeah, happens yeah, yeah. that way sometimes. Absolutely. Like I certainly get worse after I after I play. I want to go looking, even though it's like, oh, I just played this game. It's really like Brian. We played Brian Boru. We all freaking loved it. And we haven't seen the table since because like we're going through this thing where we're rotating around the game group and just letting people pick what they want. Yeah. Which we'll talk about next episode. We got some Isle of Cats in, and that was really fun. So. Oh God, I have to borrow it. I have to borrow it because. <laughs> I was told I was told I was told to not buy it but we will play it but I have to borrow it so and I've already hunted down all the expansions and then the Kickstarter stuff I if, I ever, I, trigger, if I ever pull the trigger if I ever pull the trigger cuz I would want I would want like, oh they have little fish little fish tokens for the currency like oh it's so good <laughs> I don't know I was ah, all right we can't get into Isle of Cats but I'm tickled with it save it for next episode yeah, we'll be back next soon episode. Yeah. Thank you everybody for joining us again. Sorry for the long break. You know, that whole COVID thing. We will be back in two weeks with another episode. We will talk Isle of Cats plus some other good stuff. In the meantime, check us out at playgameslosefriends.com. You can email us with questions, comments, any feedback for the show, or just to call us jerks at playgameslosefriends at gmail.com. Check us out on Instagram at playgameslosefriends. Otherwise, I hope everybody is enjoying your hot, wet, gross summer pretty damn humid here right now i don't even want to go outside so perfect chance to stay inside and play more board games thanks for joining us everybody we will see you next time for my dear poor friend and addict ken have a good time later